You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We're a faith community committed to racial justice, a place where we practice a deep and authentic welcome, where we listen deeply to where love is calling us next, and a place where with humility, courage, and compassion, we act for justice in the world. To learn more, please visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. Good morning. Good morning. Good, Good morning, morning, Julica. Hello. Good, Good morning, Glenn. Good morning. Good morning, church. Good morning. Goodness. Why don't we go ahead and get started, folks? Please? Let's do that. Let's do it. All right. Oh, look at you all streaming in and letting us know that you are here with us already. Good morning. Good morning and welcome. It is so good to be with you today. My name is Reverend Arif Mamdani. I am one of the ministers here at the First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. And we are so glad that you're here with us this morning. If you are joining us live, please let us know where you're coming from. Let us know in the chat so that uh, you all can welcome each other so that we can welcome you. And if you are listening or watching later, we're sending our welcome out across space and time to say we are so glad that you're with us and that we hope that each of us finds a bit of hope and restoration and connection in this time together. Founded over 160 years ago, First Universalist Church grounds itself in the spiritual practice of giving, receiving, and growing. We do this by welcoming, affirming, and protecting the light in each human heart, by listening deeply to where love is calling us next, and with humility, courage, and compassion, acting for justice in the world. We do all of this as a faith community committed to ending oppression in all of its forms and creating beloved community, a place of shared liberation, freedom, and belonging. This is who we are, and this is the life that we invite you into when you journey with us. We hope you'll check out our website and our weekly newsletter to find out more, find more ways to connect, find out more about our community. Church, I also want to repeat some information that we shared last week about our reopening plans for our church building and in-person gatherings. This is all on our website, but I just want to recap to make sure that we're all on the same page. New information has led us to make new decisions. And with faith as our guide, we are shifting our plans for in-person gathering this fall. Construction delays, a reassessment of when we'll realistically be prepared to offer a welcoming and gracious return to worship in the sanctuary, and concerns about reopening as a fourth wave of COVID-19 hits Minnesota have led us to change our plans for when we will gather again in our sanctuary. We had previously communicated that that was tentatively scheduled for September 12th. Instead, on Sundays, September 12th and September 19th, we will offer multi-generational worship in person, off-site in the Church of the Great Outdoors. These services will also be available online later for on-demand streaming. On September 12th, we will gather at the Lindale Gardens Amphitheater, and on September 19th, at Minnehaha Falls Park. Activities for children and youth will be offered outside during part of the service on the 19th. Religious education for older youth, that's grades seven through 12, will begin in person on September 19th and will continue in person through the year unless new direction from the CDC and the Minnesota Department of Health directs us differently. Our sanctuary and social hall will open for in-person and live streamed, live streamed memorial services beginning on Saturday, September 25th. Sunday services will be live streamed from the church building beginning on Sunday, September 26th, but we will not be gathering in person for Sunday services in September, nor likely the month of October. We hope for an in-person and online celebration of our renovated building and our regathered community on Sunday, November 7th. Religious education classes for grades six and under will likely begin that Sunday too. We know that these changes to our communal plans can feel hard and we hope they will also feel like a relief as we make our way forward in unprecedented times, keeping our faith and our care for each other in our larger community as our guide. 
Let's keep leaning into each other in all the ways we can, remembering that wherever we are and however we are together, we share a common purpose. To create a life in a world where we know ourselves and each and every other human being as beloved, whole and holy, worthy and wanted. And so I invite you to bring your full self here. Let's take a breath together and let's settle in as we light our chalice together. One day in a Unitarian Universalist church, much like this one, there was an art teacher and a full classroom. And the art teacher decided to ask the children to draw anything they'd like to draw. They thought this was a creative exercise. Some of them drew dolphins, some of them drew elephants, some of them drew whole worlds and one was drawing a mysterious drawing that the art teacher could not identify. What is it you're drawing, she asks. And without a beat, the student looks up and says, I am drawing God. But how can you draw God? No one knows what God looks like. They will in a minute. Now is a time where we spark the light of our chalice to kindle the imaginations in ourselves of what could be more divine between us, among us, and within. I invite you to light the chalice with me using the words we use together, our covenant. Love is the spirit of this church. And service is its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. I invite you into the song, a song that uh, I recorded with a good friend of mine, Allison Hallers, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, at the very beginning of this pandemic time, it occurred to us to sing the same anthem that it's occurring to sing even still. Between our divisions, let's find connection. Building bridges. Let's sing. Building bridges between our divisions I reach out to you, will you reach out to me? With all of our voices and all of our visions Sisters, we can make such sweet harmony Building bridges between our divisions I reach out to you, will you reach out to me? With all of our voices and all of our visions Sisters, we can make such sweet harmony. Building bridges between our divisions. I reach out to bridges between our divisions. I reach out to you and reach out to me. With all of our voices and all of our visions. Sisters, we can make such sweet harmony. Building bridges between our divisions. With all of our voices and all of our voices and all of our visions, sisters, we can make such sweet harmony. Building bridges between our divisions, I reach out to you. I reach out to you. We reach out to me. All of our voices and all of our visions, sisters, we can make such sweet harmony. Building bridges between our divisions, I reach out to you, we reach out to you. With all of our voices and all of our visions, 
make such sweet we can make such sweet Sisters, we can make such sweet harmony. Sisters, we can make such sisters, we can make such sweet harmony. 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 Hey. Woo! <laughs> Air five. Yeah. <laughs> Friends, here's a story. Two young people meet in the same place and they discover a line, a space that they both love very much, the story goes. They love it so much that they each try to pull it for themselves. And all that results is a chasm between them. The only way that they mend the space is to mend it together and they walk in the space as companions from there on. You know, one day it occurred to me a question I was surprised no one had asked me before in some SAT practice exam or uh, a college conversation with my best friend Jeff uh, when we were on spring break. And we just sat on my bed, wondering wildly about the weedy passages and patches of insolvable questions. They fascinated us, these questions we couldn't solve of the world. And then we made half-formed jokes, which even though they weren't funny, somehow still manage to shake us numb with laughter. When exactly is the middle of the day? <laughs> when exactly my mind popped into itself on that spring day in a purple haze of ahas and mmms and hmm. I wondered this for an entire week of daydreams. If the first half of the day and the final were of the exact same length, what time were people talking about when they referred to the middle? When did it happen exactly? Was there a fantastical glimpse of time between 11.59 and 12 noon, which perhaps was thinly folded just so between day and night? But perhaps Mother Earth or Father Time stood there, right in the center, holding both parts in their balance with an invisible and reliable perfection. But what time would that be? I have loved and obsessed over and chased after these kinds of questions for as long as I can remember. I have kindergarten stories, I assure you. Questions to which there simply are no answers written in plain human fact. But ask a choir member why they joined choir. I bet you none of them will say, I joined choir because choir gives concerts. <laughs> no, they'll, they'll tell you quite honestly that choir, when, you come, when it comes down to it, is just an excuse to have choir rehearsal, to be together, to be companioned in the similar project of life to make something beautiful on the other side in the chase of perfection that we only dance with in giggle and joy. I wonder these days if the often 
immediate curiosity to know the details of what we don't know was, was never supposed to end neatly with an answer. I believe, I don't believe this is, this isn't. I wonder if this curiosity over the bewildering beyond questions are like love, a ritual which guarantees you and I return to encircle the air and the imagination and help to hold the joys, the frights, the wonders of those parts of the world which ask a million questions we cannot begin to solve. I wonder if the questions are always placed just beyond what we can fully explain to keep the chase alive in us, to keep us together. And I wonder if something in these moments when we choose to connect and shape and share the load of what we cannot explain, when we choose to laugh and enable each other to imagine, when we enable the chase in each other, this wonder, this moment of choosing wonder over debate, I wonder if it is here where we imagine ourselves into each other's arms and into the space between us, not as factions divided by the space, but drawn together in the air and the wonder. And I wonder if this is as close as we're gonna get to the evidence of God. We offer you a meditation, a chance to breathe, a chance to contemplate on ultimate things in this, our ritual excuse to be together and to enable each other's wonder. Breathe with me now. Hear the words for what they are. Allow them to take you to the fringe of understanding. That you might find their companionship and great joy. We'll pray together there. And we'll make the space in the air and the wonder divine for us all. For your meditation and mine, I share a poem I call, After All. God is no noun and certainly not an adjective. God is at least a verb, and even that shrinks her. God is not so much a woman as she resides in the improbable hope of brown mothers. God is not so much a man as he is at work in the memory of my grandfather's laugh. God is not trans. God swims in the tears of the one who is seeing her real self at long last in the bathroom mirror. God is not black, neither is he white. God is wading in the contradiction of songs from slave shacks. And I have seen God in the alabaster smiles of children at play.
we're getting Michelangelo all wrong. God is not the bearded one surrounded by angels floating over the Sistine. He is not Adam with his muscled back pressing the earth, no. God is the closing inch of space between their reaching fingers. Don't believe for a moment that God is Catholic. <laughs> for God's sake, he isn't even human. Have you heard the wood thrush when the sun glistens the Huron? Can you see the flowers? How they speak to bees without a word. Still, God is no spring blossom, no wood thrush. God is neither the sun nor the bee. God is what you see in the blossom. God is when you hear the river and suddenly discover how much of it is part of you. To be clear, God is not you. God is somewhere in the 14 billion years which have come to mean that you are. God is, after all, at least a verb. She is neither Pharaoh's rod nor Moses' staff. We must be the ones to cease our slavery. She is not interested in blame, neither does she offer praise. Truth, gratitude are ours to breathe. She will not have your answers. She is too large for answers. She dances too wildly to be fastened to them, and answers are nouns anyway. God is at least a verb, twirling in the radiant reds of spring blossoms, singing in the rare silences between rapid opinions, attending the tears of dark-skinned deaths, learning in tiny alabaster smiles. God is waiting in the space between fingers that might connect. He is waiting for us to stop naming her. She is waiting for us to see all of him. God is waiting to be unshrunk. Thank you, Dr. Randall. Church, join me in prayer. Join me in this space of improbable hope. 
in the memory of the laughter of our ancestors. Join me in this longing, in this possibility, in this place beyond words. I invite you to come in to this space even more. To use your senses, to connect to what is now. Notice what you smell. Notice what you taste. Notice what you hear behind and in addition to my voice. Use that noticing to arrive. In this space of collective longing and seeking, we recognize and name all of the different things that we hold, all of the big, large things going on in our world. Afghanistan, fires to the north, hurricanes to the south, getting ready for another year of school that we don't know what it's going to be like so much uncertainty and so much change. All of that is real. And so is our tenacity. I invite you to connect, to pray for that quiet space of knowing. that we don't have to do this alone, that we are not alone, that our efforts are sufficient, that all we can do is give it everything we have, and that that is, in fact, what we are doing. And that it is in community that we see each other through, that it is looking for the small miracle of the day, the new possible thing that was not possible yesterday, the new idea, the new way of looking at something that you've looked at every day and have not and have stopped seeing perhaps. Share in the chat, if you wish, that others can hold it with you. Here is an optimistic thing I hold in this time of prayer. So much is changing. We can do new things. We can do things differently because they're already broken. They're already not working. And we knew that, but now it's really obvious. We have so many things to shift. So many possibilities to lean into. I refuse to give up. I will continue to seek that space between us that gives us hope and resilience. And yes, thank you for sharing in the chat. I, I get it, we're carrying a lot. And we're anxious, of course we are. So let us co-regulate, right? Let us be with each other and lean into this time of ritual 
that we create with and for each other to remember that we don't have to do it alone. Yeah, the beauty and the life of the Mississippi River, right? Yeah. Stepping outside after a big rain and smelling the earth. We are together, friends, in this space. We are together in these prayers and the ones that we are holding in our heart. Let us continue into this space of meditation. I am going to offer you this meditation again because I think it's worth taking in more than once. Because this is how I think we reach into this place of prayer. When we, when we seek those words beyond the usual words. God is no noun and certainly not an adjective. God is at least a verb and even that shrinks her. God is not so much a woman as she resides in the improbable hope of brown mothers. God is not so much a man as he is at work in the memory of my grandfather's laugh. God is not trans. God swims in the tears of the one who sees her real self at long last in the bathroom mirror. God is not black, neither is he white. God is waiting in the contradictions of songs from slave shacks. And I have seen God in the alabaster smiles of children at play. We're getting Michelangelo all wrong. God is not the bearded one surrounded by angels floating over the Sistine. He is not Adam with his muscled back pressing the earth. No, God is the closing inch of space between their reaching fingers. Don't believe for a moment that God is Catholic. For God's sake, he isn't even human. Have you heard the wood thrush when the sun glistens the Huron? Can you see the flowers, how they speak to bees? without a word. Still, God is no spring blossom, no wood thrush. God is neither the sun nor the bee. God is what you see in the blossom. God is when you hear the river and suddenly discover how much of it is part of you. To be clear, God is not you. God is somewhere in the 14 billion years which have come to mean that you are. God is after all, at least a verb. She is neither Pharaoh's rod nor Moses' staff. We must be the ones to seize our slavery. She is not interested in blame, neither does she offer praise, truth, Gratitude are ours to breathe. She will not have your answers. She is too large for answers. She dances too wildly to be fastened to them. And answers are nouns anyway. God is at least a verb. Twirling in the radiant reds of spring blossoms singing in the rare silences between rapid opinions, attending the tears of dark skin deaths, learning in tiny alabaster smiles. God is waiting in the space between fingers that might connect. He is waiting for us to stop naming her. She is waiting for us to see all of him 
God is waiting to be unshrunk. The word at the end of the old Hebrew blessing, the word at the end of the old Christian blessing, through the ages in Islam, in all spiritualities, we find a common word, which we often translate as something like, so may it be. So may our aspirations, the nouns, become verbs. The word is amen.
conference to end this one of our rituals together around wonder, around the air and our love. I offer a poem by a writer that I most dearly love, the Reverend Sean Parker Dennison. The poem, I will love you by being. I will love you by being brave. I will walk directly into the eye of every storm, push back against the wind that tries to stop my forward motion, and bear the bruises from hailstones that mark my skin. I will love you by being strong. I will lift the weight of a thousand broken hearts, pull the whole world behind me on a single chain and break my own shell to grow tender and new. I will love you by being wise. I will close my mouth, open my eyes, my ears, my heart, push aside the obvious, the easy, the darling and the dead and begin again and again to know and not know everything of love. I will love you by being weak. I will reveal the tender and the vulnerable, hold myself open. Pull off the armor the exoskeleton layer by layer and build nothing in its place. I will love you by being, I will breathe in and out and cherish the beating of my own heart, push back against anything that would suffocate my flame, burn away desire, leave room for more love. I will love you by being weak. I will love you by being wise. I will love you by being strong. I will love you by being brave. I will love you by being. The words of the living prophet, Sean Parker Dennison call us now into the world ahead, no matter where you are or when you are. May peace stay between us while we work to be one again and again. Go in peace, my friends. Ashe, assalamu alaikum, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Text First Univ, that's F I R S T U N I V, to 73256 to make your gift. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.